Well, I get to wish you happy Mother's Day like third or fourth. But uh, from your pastor and from the heart of God this morning, happy Mother's Day. You are a blessing to us. And I have a message from the Holy Spirit for you this morning. If you'll turn to Galatians chapter 6. This is what's been brewing on my heart and on the Father's heart. Galatians chapter 6. In just a moment, I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. And we're going to have a good time this morning. What a day it is to celebrate people that we should celebrate 365 days a year. Amen. And uh, if you love your mother and you're appreciative of what she does for you, and even if your mother's in heaven right now, I want you to put your hands together and let's give our moms a hand clap of thankfulness. Amen. <clears throat> Father, we ask that you bless the word this morning, that you'd open our ears and our hearts to receive and to apply your written word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're in us and you lead us and guide us into all truth. And so I pray for each one of us this morning that we'd go home with something from your heart today, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now this is Mother's Day and we always acknowledge and celebrate it. This message is tailored towards mothers, but it's for everybody this morning because it's the word of God. So if you're not a mother this morning, if you're confused about whether you are or not, we can have an appointment after service. But uh, this is for you, moms specifically. And I want to read to you a few verses of scripture that might not seem like the uh, typical Mother's Day text. But Galatians chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 1 and read through verse 9. Verse 9 is our target verse. So if you fall asleep at the beginning, please wake up at the end. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him and teach in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he that sows to the flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption. And he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let me read to you verse 9 once more, and close your eyes and just let it fall over your spirit this morning. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now Galatians 6, 9 to me is the perfect encouragement for mothers on Mother's Day. And here's why. Because I think there are probably no other group of people, I'm not being rhetorical, I'm not pandering, but I really mean this. I don't think there's a group of people that work harder and do more than mothers. That's a good place to clap. Mothers are amazing. Your energy level, I mean, it's like a nuclear sub. You never rest. You never, it's just amazing what you do for everyone. And in first service, I was looking out at the mothers there that got up early on Sunday morning, and boy, they look tired. <laughs> because they probably already done more in the day than most people get done all day. 
The daily responsibilities of a mother, to me, are amazing. This is what the daily routine, when I see my wife and all that she does in the house, it looks like this is your daily routine. You start off with a scavenger hunt. You gotta find everything for everyone. Nobody knows where nothing is. I don't know if that's proper English, but nobody knows where nothing is. I mean, and even men, I, you know, she's the mother of my children, but I can't find anything. Mostly because she hid half of it, but the other reason is because it's behind the milk. And I don't want to move the milk, so honey, where's this behind the milk? Oh, there it is, it's behind. So it starts off with this scavenger hunt, and then it, it, it's followed by like the bar exam. You got to do this and do that and figure out and talk to this person, and chase the telemarketers away, and you know, where's so-and-so's homework and who fed the dog. And then a triathlon is the rest of the day. And then at some ungodly hour, mom shuts down when everyone else is fed and clothed and tucked into bed and she can relax. There's an old expression, a man will work from sun to sun, but a woman's work is never done. And mothers exemplify that to me. And I wanna say something to you. Sometimes when I see all that my wife does in a day, I'm scared to admit to her, like I'm saying, honey, just sit down, mostly because I can't get up anymore. <laughs> please, please sit down. In all my testosterone-fueled glory, I've gotta admit to you today, I can't keep up with her. It's amazing how moms serve. It's amazing how moms love. And it's amazing how you keep going. And I want to say, you know what? In case moms, your nonverbal macho man won't say it out loud, we are in awe of what you do every day. Every day, we're in awe of all that you do. Are they treating you right, Donna? Are they being nice to you? All right. She said, the jury's still out, John. But this verse here is quite interesting. It's basically telling us not to, you know, become weary in well-doing. And when you think about the fact that you're talking, I'm talking to mothers this morning and that you're some of the hardest working and you do so much every day. We just talked about, now the word is telling you, don't grow weary in all that you're doing. You're really busy, but don't get tired. Now, I mean, you would think, Pastor, you need to pick another verse for this morning. But the truth is, no, if you look at that and go, well, telling an overworked, tired person to, you know, not to quit seems about as effective as telling an angry person, just calm down. I mean, if you, are you with me on that? Never in the history of calm down has calm down ever calmed down an angry person, right? So, you know, I mean, it makes it worse, right? I am calm. Ah, you, you know, I can turn green in my clothes. Yeah. Don't you hate when Italians too like, you're yelling. I'm not yelling. Right, Pastor Mike? We got this, this you know, we're not yelling. If we yell, your hair will move back. But it's like, you know, calm down. Or now you're telling a tired person who does so much, don't grow weary. And I'm looking at this verse and I'm going, you know, there's gotta be something here. The word of God makes sense if you apply it right. And you know, mothers are living proof that doing good things can wear you out. Just chew on that for a second. You know, people lie all the time and go, if you're doing good things, if you're doing the right things, you'll never wear out. And that's wrong. You know, I remember in Bible school, they told us, as long as you're doing, you know, the work of the Lord, you'll never wear out. And that's just not true. Pastors need help. Pastors need break. Pastors take sabbaticals. Why is that? Because you can't keep giving and giving like a wrung out sponge and expect to, I mean, everybody wears out. Everybody wears down. And even doing good things 
will wear you out. Now there's three reminders from this text why it's reasonable to tell mothers not to be weary. And we're gonna cover them this morning because you know what? God is telling you not to be weary in well-doing and here are the reasons. Number one, the reason you shouldn't be worn out in what you're doing as a mom day in and day out is because of this. Number one, what you're doing is good. And you're thinking, that's it, it's good. Yeah, I know, it's good. But we have to focus on the fact that when God says something that we're doing is good, that's the thing we don't want to grow weary of doing. There are a lot of good things you could do with your time and energy, and they're God things, and they're God-approved things, and there are a lot of things you can do with your time and energy that aren't good. If you've ever spent your days doing things that were unproductive, unprofitable, spiritually disruptive, then you realize doing not good things is very counterproductive. But doing good things is very productive. When God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1, he spoke creation into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was, and then what did he say? Yeah. Yeah, but only two people got it, Pastor Mike. So don't get excited. You went to Bible school. God said, let there be light. It's good. He separated the land and the sea. It was good. He made the sun, the moon, and stars. It was good. Night and day, he separated. It was good. It was good. It was good. Everything he made was good. Now, when God says something is good, those are the things we want to do with our life. God looks down at all that you do, mom, and he says, these are good things. These are God-approved things. When you're doing good, God-approved things, I want you to know something. It's never a waste of your time. This is very important because the world is telling you as women and as mothers that you could better use your time being out there in the workforce and getting a career and getting a big paycheck and making six figures. Come on, I'm preaching now. You might want to say something. And the world is telling you all that stuff and it's at the expense of children. We've raised a generation of little monsters. Why? Because we've convinced our ladies not to mother them. Well... What you're doing as a mom is good. It's never a waste of your time. It's never a waste of your energy. It's never a waste of your talent. Well, I could do this and I can have these accolades and I can make this much and listen to me. What you're pouring into your children, what you're doing for your family is God approved. He smiles down on it. He is very happy with the way you serve and love. Because without you, houses don't wind up being homes. Do you realize what my house would look like if there was no Kim in it? I already have deer heads everywhere. I can't even imagine. But mom, you make a house a home. You, you make children into productive little adults that love Jesus. And that's something that you bring to the table and God calls it a good thing. You know, if you're tired of doing good things, please don't grow weary. If you're tired of doing things that aren't good, please stop. And you say, well, what are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. The, the, the things that we do that aren't good, like worrying. If you're tired of worrying, please stop. But pastor, you don't know. You don't know all the things I got to worry about. Well, you know, I think worry is my spiritual gift. I have a black belt in worrying. I'm, I'm good at worrying. I'm very creative on the things I can come with to worry about. My husband doesn't even think of these things. I think of them all day long. But you know, worry is unproductive. Our worrying doesn't do anything. What do you, you say, what do you do with your worry? Turn your worry into worship and turn your worship into prayer and just begin to pray about the things that concern you. But if you're tired of worrying, please stop because it's wearing you out. 
You know what else? You can stop complaining. Because, you know, and we're all complainers. Don't look spiritual and holy out there. You can stop complaining because there again, like worrying, it doesn't produce anything good. If you have something to complain about, bring it to the altar, your altar, and express your heart to God. And just cast your cares upon him. You know, the last thing that I want to cover today that you can stop doing is you can stop comparing yourself to others. That's the main thing I want to get across here. You say, Pastor, you don't know there's other ladies that just seem to, and you know, and I feel like I'm not measuring up and I feel like I failed. Listen to me, as parents, all of us feel at times like we failed. In fact, raise your hand if you feel like as a parent you failed. And the, uh, the ushers are writing down the people's names who didn't raise their hand. <laughs> First, we're going to beat you, then we're going to pray for you. Because you're delusional. All of us, you know, wish we could go back and have do-overs. Amen. You, you ever have the do-over moments? Well, Dad didn't handle that right. <laughs> you know, let's not go to the videotape. Let's not, you know. But we feel failures, all of us, at times. But understand this, just you being there and being who you are is what really matters. Just you being there and being the unique individual God made you to be is what really matters. It's not your performance. Come on, receive this this morning. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to other ladies. Don't compare yourself to other mothers. You're unique and God made you exactly the way you are and gave you exactly the right children for you to mother them. You know, my mother had to be a certain way to get me to the place where I could actually be here today, you know, and to keep my father from killing me all those years. That was, you know, <laughs> Ginny was tough and she held up the standards and she loved us and mothered us, but, you know, she's unique. You shouldn't compare yourself to others. So you can stop doing that if you'd like, because those are the things that wear you out the worrying and the complaining and the comparing, those are the things that are not God-approved good things. Do the God-approved good things. Put your all into those things because God says what you're doing is good. The second reminder we get from this verse to mothers is this. Not only what you're doing is good, but what you're doing will be rewarded. Come on, we like rewards better than that. You know, we like to be rewarded for our hard work. Anybody? If you didn't say anything, I hope you don't get a paycheck this week at the end. If you said nothing when the pastor just asked you, I hope the boss goes, no check this week. Because none of us, Dan, none of us go to work and work hard all week and at the end of the week go, ah, just keep it. Right? No way. Some of you are trying to get it by Wednesday. Can I have it in advance? Can I have it now? Can I, where is it? Can I have it now? Can I see it? Can I smell it? Can I touch it? Is it printed up here? We like to be rewarded for what we do. And you know why? Because God wired us that way. God made us that way. He knows how to motivate us. And, and he's saying here, you know, these are good things you're doing. They're God-approved things. Don't grow weary in doing those good things. But at the end of it all, you're going to be rewarded. It says, don't grow weary in doing well, for in due season we shall reap. You see, we're going to reap that reward for all of those. And, and listen, there's times where, you know, we don't understand this, we don't get it, but nothing motivates us like being rewarded. We should look forward to that day when we graduate this life and we fall into the arms of Jesus and there are rewards for us because of our faithfulness. Now, God is gracious to reward everyone who serves in his kingdom. Do you know that? 
you can't do anything for the Lord. And he just goes, ah, that, that was free. Matthew 10, 41 through 42. He who receives a prophet in a prophet's name shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of his disciples, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Everything you and I do in the kingdom of God is rewarded. That should be good news to you. Come on, moms. You're looking at me like, well, how does this work? Listen, every little snotty nose you wipe. Every filthy pair of hands you wash. Every time you demand, did you, you know, did you brush your teeth with toothpaste? You know, my mom could always get me. She'd be like, did you wash your hands? Yes, with soap. Back in the bathroom. Right? All of these things that you do, God sees them and he rewards them. Now I want, to, I want to encourage you even more because you look very encouraged right now. God especially rewards the service that you give to him and to others when it's done in secret. You see, sometimes as a mother, you know, what you do is not acknowledged. There's no trophy at the end of the day for all the things you did. You know, you're not on the evening news, mother of the evening here cut the crusts off the bread and made three perfect lunch. No, there's no reward. Sometimes what you do, nobody sees it. It doesn't seem to be acknowledged. It's not appreciated by others. I want to encourage you today. God rewards those things even at a greater degree because he, it's the secret principle. And I want you to listen to it in Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. God sees the things no one else sees. God appreciates the things that no one else seems to appreciate. God acknowledges the service that you've done, even when no one else will. It's the secret principle, and there's a reward attached to it. So everything you do for others and how you serve, and nobody serves like a mom. Nobody serves like a mom. I mean, you could pay some big bucks to be your servant, and they would not serve you like your mom. Come on this morning. I mean, I can tell, you know, when someone makes you a sandwich, and there's no love in it. Right? Come on, guys. I said sandwich, and everybody gets the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about <laughs> agape love. <laughs> uh, Lou, pray for me, Louis. My wife brings me a sandwich. I can feel the love in it. The pickles are in the right place. There's the right amount of everything in it. Nobody loves you like your mom. You couldn't even pay anybody to do it. So what you do is a good thing, it's a God thing. God has said it's God approved, and so don't grow weary in it, but there's a reward attached to it. Now, you, you have to just understand something. You have to do what God's called you to do with the children that God has given you. And I would, I would say it like this, you have to run your own race. And that's why it's so important you don't compare yourself to others. Listen, because you have to run your own race. There was a woman who was a world-class runner, and she was invited to run a race in Connecticut. On the morning of the race, she drove from where she lived in New York City uh, to Connecticut with the directions she, that she got over the phone, and no surprise, she got lost. 
So she stops at a gas station and she asked the attendant if he knew about a race that was scheduled. And he happened to know about one just up the road. So he directed her there. She was so late. She had to cut through the registration line. She didn't ask any questions. She took the number that they gave her, put it on her jersey, got to the line, and the gun went off. So she ran the race. And she ran that race, and nobody was even close to her. She finished four minutes ahead of the second place runner. Only after the race, there was no fanfare. There was no press there. There was no envelope with the prize money that she said she would be awarded if she had run. It was only until then that she discovered she had run the wrong race. <laughs> the race that she was invited to was several miles up the road. She stopped at the wrong gas station. <laughs> so she had gone to the wrong starting line. She had run the wrong race, and she missed the valuable prize that she hoped to reap as winning the race. And this is a true story, and I want you to understand. Moms, you got to run your own race. You got to do what God's called you to do, to discipline and to love and to pray and to interact with the children that he's given you. If you run the right race, you're going to receive the right prize because he's faithful. Amen? But run your race. Don't run another person's race. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. What you're doing is good. God approves it. Don't grow weary in doing well because what? Number two, you're going to receive a reward, and that should motivate you today. The third thing that we learned from this text, it's another reminder uh, of why it's reasonable to tell hardworking, tired people not to be weary. It's this. The Bible says you shouldn't quit. You shouldn't quit. Now there again, none of these points are profound until you apply them to your life. Because all of us get to the place at times where, you know, we quit running the race at certain moments. I'm not saying you can never get tired, and I'm not saying you can never take a break, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have some time for yourself, because you should. And only one man said, right. See, this was a hard sell in first service, too, because, you know, moms are like, no, 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 I have to take care of everybody and feed this one and close, and there's this to do, and, and then you don't take time for you, and then, you know, everybody's happy, everybody's well-fed, everybody smells good, everybody has clean pants on. But you've worn yourself down so much that you really don't have much to give at that point, and you begin to break down. Come on, I know that some of you are feeling me out there today. You have to take time for you, and in doing that, you need to realize that you need to pace yourself because you, you can't quit. Too much is at stake when we quit, amen? And so we have to run a good race. <laughs> you know, if you can't run five-minute miles, don't try to run, you know, just go at your pace. <laughs> five-minute miles. <laughs> I can barely make it to the refrigerator in five minutes now. But the idea of quitting has to be removed from our heads. As Christians, there should be no quitting us, specifically with Christian marriage. It's amazing. You get people that get married and, you know, they want to have prenups and they want to have uh, deals and sign this and sign that. Man, you've already built quit into your relationship. I'm not for that. That's not God. Till death do you part. Amen. Uh, amen. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's praying for your death, but... It's a rough world out there. Don't quit. 
We shall reap. We're going to be rewarded. What if we faint not? There's times where you feel like, you know, I, I can't go forward anymore. You know, the reward, yeah, I'm doing good stuff. Great, Pastor, I get it. Oh, and there's a reward. and Great, there's a reward. But right now, the reward is not motivating me, and I've been doing this for so long. Paul steps in at those moments he speaks in, and he tells us that's the moment when the reward doesn't motivate us, and all the good we've done has exhausted us. That's the moment where we can't give up, where we should never quit, where we should keep pressing forward in the strength of the Lord. It may take time in his presence to refresh you and restore you and put wind back into your sails, but do that and never quit. The Bible says we shouldn't if we faint not. I know there are some days, there are some moments in the day where we feel like fainting would be a good option right now. <laughs> Have you ever been so worn out that you think, you know, I, I've... <laughs> I, I, I've only fainted like once in my life. I was, I was sick for days for like a week. I was dehydrated. I went into the doctor's office and they took so much blood from me that I passed out and fell on the floor. Now here's a little nurse and my little Italian doctor and Shrek laying on the floor. You know, and they're just, they go to get my wife and they needed to bring an engine puller in to get me back up on the table. You know, I'm like, that was the only time I've ever fainted, Dan. And you know what? It's a pleasant memory. I was actually refreshed. I, didn't, I was like, ah. <laughs> Faint, <laughs> fainting, quitting, sitting down, tapping out can be, you know, an attractive alternative at moments. <laughs> but don't do it. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on yourself. Don't quit on all that he's given you to tend to because you're the only one that can do it like you. The enemy and our flesh tell us, you know what, it's okay to quit. But when we quit, that's the only way we can lose our reward. That's the only way we can, we can lose the good that we've done. If we don't quit, we will be rewarded. If we don't quit, God will be faithful to do his part. Look what it says. Don't grow weary in doing well, for in due season you shall reap if we faint not. So it's the only caveat there is to look at that and say, well, you know, the, the focus of everything around me that's not for me is to get me to quit. So I'm going to allow God to strengthen me so that there's no quitting me. You know, I suspect that many of us are going to be saddened in heaven by coming to understand all the things we quit and we were so close to a breakthrough. You know, there are going to be things in heaven where we're going to see that we were almost there and something convinced us to quit. That's going to be a sad moment. Now, I know there's probably not a lot of sad moments in heaven. I'm hoping once he wipes our tears away and we've come to terms with all that we could have been and all that we did and all that we didn't, that there's no more tears. And that's what the word promises. But we wouldn't want to have regret in heaven of the times where we were just about to break through and we quit. So I want to encourage you this morning there and close this message down. There are three things, moms, that I want to encourage you not to quit. And the first is this. Moms, don't quit on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now you say, Pastor, come on, we're in church on Mother's Day. You know, we're here. And why would you say that to us? Listen to me. Because life can get so busy that we can be godly people and Christian people, yet we've neglected our intimacy with the Lord because we're busy doing everything else. 
And there's always going to be cooking, and there's always going to be cleaning, and there's always going to be ironing, and there's always going to be a mess to clean up. But every part of your day is not as important as the time that you spend at the feet of Jesus. You know, and while I'm ministering to you today, I'm encouraging you that, you know what, take that time out with the Lord every day. You know, well, well, you don't understand. I gotta, you know, feed them and I gotta do this and that. I have to tuck the corners of the bed in hospital corners or the, they won't die. They won't die if they have to entertain themselves for a few minutes. They won't die if the crust isn't cut off their sandwich. They won't die. If their bed isn't made and their clothes aren't clean, they will live in your basement until they're 40 if you keep doing all that stuff. <laughs> but they won't die. All the other people are like. <laughs> Take the time to spend with Jesus. Because if you're serving everybody else around you and you're not being served by the Lord that he's refreshing you and restoring you, you're really operating without fuel. You know, and it's how can you give to others when you haven't, you know, spent that time to be recharged and refueled yourself? It reminds me of a guy who bought a chainsaw and he used it all day and he cut one tree. It was a steel, yeah. And uh, and uh, he cut one tree, so he brings it back to the store. And he says, I don't want this, it doesn't work. I worked all day, I cut one tree. The, the guy says, well, let me see it. And he pulls the cord and fires it up, and he goes, what's that noise? <laughs> I'll wait for you if you're a little slow. You gotta turn it on so that it works. You gotta be plugged in so you could get it all done. And without spending time with Jesus, some of you are still trying to get this, I'm, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> Without spending time with Jesus, you're not started up. You're not plugged in. You're not fueled up. So don't quit on your love relationship with Jesus. Number two, don't quit on the husband who made you a mother. God bless you. Thanks, Sylvia. Your marriage is the centerpiece of your home. You know, and I'm covering these in orders. Listen to me. You got yourself some little bambinos and they're wonderful, but don't make idols out of them. Because too many Western homes, the children run the home. And the parents are activity directors and they run from one sporting event to the next sporting event. Listen to me. It, It is idolatry to allow the little ones in your home to run the home. And then to, to, to neglect each other because your marriage is the centerpiece of your home. And listen to me, you're not helping your children if you neglect your spouse to serve them. You're actually hurting them because you're teaching them when they get married, that's the pattern that they should replicate in their own house. And you know what happens when you don't spend that time to keep your, you know, look, I, I love my children, but she's my wife. And I desire to be with her alone. I'm glad when they're gone. I told him, if you'd leave us alone, you might have had more brothers and sisters, you know. But, you know, that, that marital relationship is the centerpiece of the house. If you neglect each other for the children, there's going to be a time. Now, this is going to be painful. You might want to bite on a stick or something, but they're going to move out. And then you're going to turn around and go, who are you? Not good. 
I've been count, doing marital counseling for a long time, and it's, it's not good. Don't let that happen to you. So don't quit on your love, love relationship with Jesus, and don't quit on your husband who made you a mother. Keep that relationship vibrant. Continue to love each other and to date and to spend time alone together. One man said amen. <laughs> Moving on. Don't quit on your love relationship with Jesus, your husband. And number three, I put these in order on purpose. Don't quit on the children God has blessed you with. You know, we live in a generation that's selfish and self-centered and people quit on it. Now, I've already talked about when it's out of balance and we make them little idols. But at the same time, you know, we need to do our part as parents and specifically as mothers. You only get one mother and there's nobody like her. I am who I am today because of the discipline and because of the faith of my mother who shaped me and molded me. Mothers shape and mold their children. While dad's at work, while dad's you know, trying to put food on the table, you know, mom is the one nurturing the next generation. And it's so important that, you know, not that we make our kids little monsters, a little narcissists or little, little Napoleons because we make idols out of them, but that we produce godly children who fear the Lord and have the word of God in them. Amen? And nobody can do that better than you. Well, pastor, that's why we bring them once a week on Sunday. No, I can't do it in 35 minutes here. You know, my job is to reinforce what you're teaching them at home. So when they say, ah, oh, you don't know anything, and then this guy gets up there and says it, and they go, oh. I guess there's two crazy people in my life. <laughs> but don't quit on your children. Don't, no matter what the decisions they make, no matter what they put you through, or don't quit on them. Pray for them. Intercede for them. Uh, storm the gates of heaven for them. Speak into their lives lovingly, Amen with the tact and the love that only a mother. If you see them going off course spiritually, pray for the words that will minister to them. Look, nowhere, nowhere in the history of creation was anyone henpecked into the kingdom of God. So learn to temper your words with wisdom. Sometimes when you say too much, people stop listening. It's called tuning them out. But if you measure your words and you ask the Lord to speak through you, your words will have impact that cannot be measured. So moms, don't quit. Don't quit on Jesus. Don't quit on your marital relationship, and don't quit on your children. If you don't quit, if you keep doing the God-approved things, if you keep doing them, there will be a reward. If you don't quit, there will come a time in heaven where you receive the full reward of what you've done from the faithfulness of God through Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads today. Father, I pray that these mothers would be encouraged today, that they would not compare themselves to others, that they would run their own race, that they would not quit on the important things in life, but Lord, that they would quit on the things that are draining them and wearing them out, that they would take time for themselves because if they break down, everything around them breaks down. Father, I pray that you'd refresh them today and you would encourage them today and let them know that you see the little things they do when they're all alone, the little messes they clean up, the little situations they fix, the phone calls they make that no one sees but you and them. Father, let them be encouraged that you see and that they are appreciated and they will be rewarded. Thank you, 
God, today for our mothers, for their prayers. For every one of us that has a praying mother, what a treasure that is. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, moms, amen. If the ushers would